Hello and welcome to Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. Michael, who's our guest today? Ah, well, um, it's about time we had someone on that knows whether it's windy in Rossmuck or if it's uh, wet in, in Corcoguina. It's Dulaco Moraku, our TG Cahar weatherman. How <laughs> are you, Dulaco? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. Oh, it's a pleasure. Dulaco, we go way back to the days of UCD and uh, we I don't know, we'd happen on each other outside the clubhouse when we'd be getting a sneaky uh, meat and two veg dinner there. And now we're all grown up, the nappies are thrown away, and you're off, and you're 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 a year this month telling the people of TG Car what the weather is for tomorrow. How does it feel? It was funny, I was gonna say, Michael, it's not the first time you've interviewed me. I don't know if you remember uh, I think it was after the first Freshers match was against DCU. Uh, I was pulled aside by Michael and the camera. Myself <laughs> and Bill Everson. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, right. The self-proclaimed man of the match that day. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, but, yeah, no, it's great. Like, I didn't didn't think then, like, I'd be I'd be doing that. Like, I suppose I did Irish in college and um, then kind of just was getting involved in, like, a bit of media work, a bit of radio in college, like, the the sort of the, this radio station with UCD I was doing a bit with that doing a bit of volunteering with Irish on the radio and then gradually kind of got into TG Cahar a weird way I was over in America for the year living in Montana and I just my girlfriend actually saw a job advertising TG Cahar so I applied for it did the interview and I was in there for about a year and then got asked to go on the weather then so uh, hadn't an absolute notion about the weather or anything like meteorological or anything like that um, barely say the word now like, but um, <laughs> yeah but no it's going grand like yeah trained us up for about two months and kind of thrown straight in wow yeah. reminds me of the great Dahi O'Shea do you know have you heard the story of him getting the weatherman job I, I don't know if I've heard the story now go on which was that <laughs> <laughs> oh his he was actually actually very similar he was uh, well it wasn't his girlfriend though it was his mother who spotted the advertisement and he was abroad at the time and he came home because he got an interview um, so the mother even lodged the application. So I'm sure you were more independent than Dahi O'Shea, but there you are. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Rosa Trilly next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. But, <laughs> but like Irish for you, Dunica, it is Dunica, isn't it? You spell it a, a, a unique way, but Dunica, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like Irish for you, though, it's, it's um, it, like it's a part of how you grew up and everything like with your school days and everything. And it's a pretty unique perspective given that you have come from a Gwail top rather you came, you grew up in, in South Dublin. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really down to my parents. Like my, my mom and dad, my dad's actually from Wexford. He's from Cross the Bag. And oh. um, yeah, my mom, my mom's from Dublin, but her people came from Clare. So there's no kind of Gwail connection there at all, but they like were very interested in Irish and my dad works through Irish. Um, so they wrote, they brought us up, myself and my sister, through Irish completely um, and then went to an Irish secondary school. Didn't go to an Irish primary school now, but went to an Irish secondary school and then into UCD to do Irish. So, um, yeah, it's all really down to like, okay, when you're when you're young, like I find like I was always interested in it and like my dad and being speaking it at home the whole time and kind of gave you an insight into like it was more than just a school subject that I think a lot of people they kind of they de- they see it at school, they learn Irish at school. It becomes that subject that you associate with school. But I think when you have it at home, and when you have it in different areas of your life outside of school, it really helps in college. And college was great for that as well, like getting getting experience doing other things through Irish. So yeah, I suppose it's always been a part. It's always been at home in the family anyway. And um, yeah. I was probably always be working in, in Irish in some way anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
Mark, Mark and I have discussed recently, uh, Mark's experience with Irish is more pessimistic. And right. he, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, you, were, you had a good commentary on, on our poetry experience with... Uh, do you remember we were going through the list of poems that we did when we were in school and the stories? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just kind of the, the, what would it be? The overarching theme of the Irish language in school seems to be fairly pessimistic. Like the poems kind of about on Spalpin Fawnock and Gavin and your man who got shot going for his Chinese. And yeah, yeah. the other one? Uh, the Pest. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Cockamillish. Um, yeah. Mm. But uh, no, not language as a whole, just kind of the, the leaving sort seems to be a bit sad. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be always it's it's always the way like it's it, the people think it's easier to write about really depressing like really the worst <laughs> things possible like you know there's more like yeah. more emotion to them or something but yeah it is it is fairly dark like when you think back in it like uh, <laughs> it reminds me of Gutubin if you threw in one of those that that was a classic wasn't it in any story when the key words was... like the key phrases to put in yeah yeah. 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 Speaking of phrases, you have great experience with the phrases, and uh, you were on TG Cahar's hip. A uh, little angle there, block. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You did a great phrase video with your. I think you're good friends with your man, are you? Good friends with your man. Yeah, he's a Cork man. We did down in. It was it was kind of a a thing that started like the dialect of Irish that I'd speak would be the Munster dialect, um, and they did a kind of a, a series of videos, basically load of different words from the different Gaelic areas around the country. Like so, it was good. And like I kind of before doing the video, I didn't really know too many of them. Like so, we just kind of found them. And that was a great thing about even working in TG Car, getting to know a lot of um, sort of native speakers. Like you can talk to them, they can give you all these little phrases and give you all these little things that you wouldn't normally pick up in school. Like, so I think when you, once you leave school, it really becomes when you kind of immerse yourself in uh, in the language and in the people that speak the language on a daily basis and were brought up the language. It gives you real, it gives you kind of an insight into, you learn so much more. I've learned so much more since I left college now it's in Irish, so many new phrases, new words. So yeah, that was a bit of crack though. Like, I mean, it was kind of, they did a couple of about five or six videos from different areas. And um, yeah, it was funny, like you see it on Twitter and see people, what people that say about it. Like, Yeah. What I loved about it was that there were some words that you couldn't really directly translate straight off into English. You know, that's the beauty of language, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's in Irish, especially in with talking about the weather phrase, like we've so many phrases in English, so many rich phrases in English talking about weather. But once you put it into Irish, like it just it kind of it gives another meaning um, and it gives you kind of when you, tra- you can't translate it into English, like something like Bray on the Mill Nagui or something like there's like a drop in the breath of the wind. It kind of translates as you like you'd never say that in English, but in Irish, it kind of makes it makes sense. And it has like a very kind of rich imagery to it, like. But, uh, Would that be like a soft day? Yeah, you know when it's kind of, there's a breeze out and you kind of feel it's about to rain, like if it's cloudy overhead, so you find like wow. you feel little drops. And kind of, you would never say that in English, but it's a nice, it's a nice phrase to have. Like That's lovely. Yeah. Um, and it actually reminds me, there's a story in the Kerry Man there just, that just featured recently. We go through the odd article here and um, it comes up about the word for seaweed has far richer meaning in the Irish language. So what does what is seaweed in Irish? <laughs> Question one here. <laughs> so seaweed in Irish is uh, is famine, famine. Yes, but um, yeah. So it's a, it's a. Oh, but there's a couple of words. There's also like you probably heard dilisk in English comes from dilisk. Um, there's famine, dilisk. There are a couple of words for, and it kind of depends on where you are around the country as well. So balu, no balu famine would be um, kind of more down in Munster, and dilisk would be up in. And famine, they'd also have famine in Connacht, but it kind of, it's a real trade out in, and even living over in Galway now, like you'd see the lads out collecting 
seaweed like out it's a real kind of trade they make soup out of it make bats out of it and all that kind of thing i don't know if you've had a seaweed bath but um it's a real kind of business for them out there like as well along all along the west coast as well so it's kind of it comes up a lot yeah it's a rich sort of rich word yeah yeah I was in a seaweed bath actually um, <laughs> back in August in uh, in Sligo, and it was lovely. Now, Did you like it? Was so, I loved it now, yeah. But I'd be into those notions. Anything hippy dippy has me mixed all over. But I never had one myself, but I heard mixed, mixed, uh, mixed yeah, the girlfriend of, yeah. yeah. The girlfriend thought a hot bath would be as good, but um, yeah. But seaweed, anyway, in this article, it, it was saying about how. Um, it's more descriptive, you know, how Irish language words captured the essence of their subject matter in a richer, more descriptive fashion. It says that, you know, the English word does not do justice to Ireland's richest, replenishable, sustainable resource. And it is certainly not a weed. No, Kerry man is nailing its colours to the mast. But like, uh, I'm sure you, you agree with that and you understand that because you're living and breathing the language each day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and just talking about different, different weather phrases, like even since I started working, I'd be kind of reading a lot of, just reading a lot of books from Blasca, the Blasket Islands and all those people who'd be, and just picking up different words from words that probably wouldn't be spoken as much or you wouldn't hear that much these days, but they'd have had them, they'd have spoken them frequently, like, and it'd be in the, the kind of the daily speech back in the, maybe in the fifties and the sixties, like, so you come across lots of words, lots of words like that from different areas from different dialects like so many ways to say you know it's wintry or it's it's raining and it's it's lashing it's teeming down like there are in english as well but in irish they're very more they're kind of more literal like they have a you can imagine the you can picture the thing in your head that's happening more i mm. suppose that kind of vivid imagery like I find. yeah what do you make of that mark the yeah, it's language. a bit sexier, isn't it? The yeah. Irish language is a bit more romance about it, I think, than the yeah. English. Have you ever thought, fantasized of telling TG Cahar viewers what the weather is like tomorrow? No, no, I never have. Okay. It has never crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to love the graphics on TG Cahar weather, you know, they give you a sweeping view of the Gaelic up there. Uh, do they still do that style? I haven't seen it. They, oh, they do, yeah. They have the. Oh, yeah. They go right around the country. Yeah, yeah. And like, it actually, it's harder than it looks. Like, I remember at the start, I was terrible at it. Like, because you obviously can't see the you know the, the blue screen so i'd be like i'd be kind of waving my hand in the general direction of the <laughs> thing you can point at anything like and you'd be going like it look ridiculous like you kind of get get into it yeah but they're good graphics like they're like they kind of they show like i mean it's it's funny the way they still have that thing they've had that for years when you go around the country like yeah. it's kind of a nice thing they don't have in too many others but uh oh, yeah it definitely is getting used to anyway and learning yeah. all the the official terms you can't always have the rich idiomatic language you have to actually learn learn the actual the actual kind of meteorological part of it like okay mm. yeah and do you have much of a connection with the audience like because i'm sure it means a lot more the weather forecast obviously now we have our apps and all but i imagine there are parts of the whale talk that probably rely a good bit on your forecast yeah <laughs> um, i know yeah yeah i'll be told you're definitely told if you get it wrong that's the one thing like, like okay yeah yeah they'd right. be They'd be on to like, even in work, you'd go into work the next day and some of the people had, would just be, obviously they look at the weather the whole time. And like, I remember there was, a, not not too bad, but some days you'd, you'd be very wrong. Like, I don't know, whatever happens, like just the weather in Galway, it's just so changeable. Like one one minute it's absolutely lashing, the next minute it's sunny all the time. And like, you can never really predict it fully. Like, but yeah, you're definitely like, and people would be ringing in and people would be, on Twitter is the worst, you know, Twitter would be, because people, 
you know, never, never kind of afraid to say, to speak their mind on Twitter. Like, so you'd get comments and stuff like that, but they're all positive. Like it's only a bit of crack in here. Like if you, if you get it wrong or something, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it happens the odd time. Like, but no, it's good though. Cause I suppose there is a good with TG car, especially on Twitter. Like they have a big kind of, they're very visible on Twitter. There's a good kind of connection between the, the viewers and the actual station, which is good as well. I think that's important. Sometimes they feel like they can talk to you a bit. Like, um, yeah, and twenty five years, uh, a strong history now since since its foundation. Twenty five years this year. Um, it, do you feel like you're bringing TG Cahar into the next twenty five of sorts? Is that? Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the. Yeah, it's nice to be. I suppose it was only the other day. It was only Halloween exactly twenty five years ago it was founded. So I suppose there's there's a bit of a buzz. It's nice that there's kind of something happening and with Irish now. I think it's a lot more visible these days especially for young people in college like anything I'd say from when I was in college myself when we were in college I think it's even since then it's become more sort of visible and more accessible to people who aren't maybe from the Gaeltacht like myself they can you know there are so many jobs going in Irish now that maybe there wouldn't have been say five or ten years ago even like so I think that's it's very it's in a great place at the moment even compared to ten years ago I find. Would that have been your goal when you were younger then to go work within the Irish language? I, th- I think so, yeah. Like, I always wanted to... I didn't actually know what direction I'd go in uh, with the Irish language because I don't think you really find out until you're in college anyway, like, what kind of jobs that are available. But I always knew I wanted to to work in the Irish language in some form, like, whether it was radio, TV, or even translating or something like that. So um, That does seem to be the case, though, isn't it? Like, it's it's either kind of media or living a Gael talk when it yeah. comes to working in Irish. Yeah, it's kind of... Like, you don't really... And then you kind of see, like, when you're in school, you might think, right, well, Irish, I, I'm going to become a teacher or whatever. And, like, that's, that option is always there. Mm, yeah. um, once, like, once I got to college, you know, I think there are a lot of, you're never going to walk straight into a set career, you know, um, like you would in law or in, you know, medicine or something like that. You're always going to have to do, spend a couple of years doing loads of different jobs kind of at the same time, doing little bits of work here and there and kind of build a portfolio and then kind of find something you you kind of enjoy with Irish like so it's a bit of media a bit of radio work on the side and then maybe teach and translate or something like that so you're gonna to have to tie all kind of things together but I think that's nothing wrong with that like it's just getting experience in all kinds of different different sort of fields but um but yeah there definitely are more opportunities now and I think media has helped that a lot like um yeah and what do you make of the Irish language as a whole? Like, how how do you think Irish in twenty twenty one? How can it become more widespread, or how can it become more embedded within um, the population? Um, I think I think the fact that it's so accessible now these days. Like, I mean, even for for young people and the amount of kind of online platforms that are now based completely about Irish and kind of um, completely through Irish as well. There's all sorts of different platforms, you know, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, anything like. Um, but I think a lot of young people seeing that, it's a lot easier to to relate to that. It's a lot easier to kind of find yourself doing that, to work your way into that sort of work um, mm-hmm. than it would be to go straight for, say, translating or something like that, something you have to do a master's and go through. I think it's, it's great the way that now it's people can actually do something through Irish and feel like they're promoting the language or promote the language really, really easily just by, you know, doing a couple of projects and doing sort of videos, making a, making a radio show, anything like that. Um, so I think, and I think even there's a lot more, there's a lot more of a, there's a positive attitude now towards people who aren't from the Gaeltachs as well, that maybe some people would have felt there wasn't maybe a couple of years ago, but I really think now that people are being welcomed in, like a lot of people like myself from 
or people who wouldn't be born in a Gaeltacht area are being kind of drawn in a lot more and there's a lot more sort of warmth to them as well. So I think as a whole, moving forward, I think it's it's great that there's kind of a young movement of, of young people there, but also there's also an appreciation of the, the real rich language as well, which is very important not to lose because if you lose all the, the kind of rich language from the Gaeltacht areas, you won't have any kind of base real like kind of native base for the language so it's important to have a big a good mix of both yeah mm. uh, like what advice would you give to say someone like me now who only has a few words and a few basic sentences like can i go to the toilet etc who wants to learn and get better at it and like will i have to start going back and like reviewing my leaving our books or I don't, I don't i generally i generally don't think so like i don't think you can do any of that like if you have a base i think it's always the way like i find with the language if you've spent so long just sitting in class just hearing it um it'll always be at the back of your mind like so you'll always remember things as you go forward and i think the most important thing is just the first probably step is just listening to it as much as possible like if you haven't spoken it in years i'd be the same trying to learn french and stuff like if i hadn't spoken it in years i've done it in school i'd like i wouldn't be able to maybe converse or hold a conversation really that well but you'd kind of understand it you'd find yourself understanding if it was being spoken so I think the more you listen just constant listening to it immersing yourself in it and then gradually you kind of find yourself picking up phrases then and like it's great if you have someone who you can speak it to I always find that like if you can find someone even someone two people who who maybe would would have an interest in learning but maybe don't have to the capability to hold a conversation. If you just have a bit of a conversation, try to have a bit of a regular conversation because I even find some people say, geez, I'd love to learn Irish, but literally have nobody to to speak it to. But if you can find that one person who's like you, who wants to learn, and you can just force yourself to have a 10-minute conversation in Irish, see what you learned today, do a bit of listening, come back in a couple of days, do it again. It doesn't have to be a, a routine. It can just be kind of just a, a bit of crack with one to just speak for 10 minutes, make it a bit of a, a habit like... But I think it kind of starts off small like that, and then gradually you just find yourself picking up, picking up um, phrases, and gets you kind of become more confident with it as well. Like, um, that's a great recommendation. Duolingo is actually quite a good app really? as well for um, like, Irish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I you're over lockdown, but um, yeah, and there's no end to it. it's uh, how you can advance up the ladder of it. Um, you must have been blown away by the language uh, in Montana when you were over there. Yeah, like Jesus was. It was a weird, yeah. It was, a, it was a, it was a great year, like one of the best years ever. But it was, it was off. It was a real culture shock, as well. Like I didn't realize there's a such a strong connection in Montana to, uh, kind of Cork and that region because of the mines. A lot of people from Munster would have gone over and worked in the mines, but there's a very strong kind of, and in terms of language, it's a very strong Native American population over there, and they've their own languages that are currently kind of there are only six native speakers left of a certain tribe. And um, but their their languages are kind of minority languages under pressure, like Irish would have been as well. Um, but yeah, all the, all the people in my class were all kind of some of them had Irish connections. Some of them would just have picked up the language, just have said probably just picked a random language and just said, "Look, Ireland, Irish sounds cool." Like came to the class, and um, even even all the lads on the the hurling team, like the hurling team over there, are all American, and they were all kind of a lot of them were taking were learning taking Irish lessons lessons with me as well. So. Yeah, it was re- it was a strange kind of experience having been used to teaching Irish to to people in Ireland who kind of would have been would have had a bit of Irish, but maybe wouldn't have had the interest in it. Whereas it was a completely new language. There was no kind of um, mental block or anything, no attitude thing over there to me. It was just a completely new language, and they picked it up so quickly. 
because they weren't kind of kind of looking at it in a slightly negative way maybe they just they were just said it was just a completely new language and within a couple of weeks they were picking up phrases which kind of just goes to show how how easy it is if you just really kind of practice it a bit, practice it a little bit um but yeah. When you're doing those, like when you're talking Irish, do you get a better buzz from talking Irish with your mates than English? Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think so. Like, cause it's, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's nice. I get a great, I get a buzz from learning, from learning a new phrase that I wouldn't have known beforehand and then kind of being able to use it then. Cause you, it, like any language, when you, when you see progress, I think, or like anything, when you see progress, when you see yourself getting better that gives you a bit of a buzz with anything. So I, I do get that. And especially in work, um, like I would have considered myself to have a very, uh, like a very high standard Irish, but then going into working with, to work with native speakers, you're just learning the whole time. Like, and like, I'd find myself like sometimes even self-conscious, like talking to, talking to some of the native speakers, cause they're just so fluent. It's just an incredible level of, um, of fluency in a language when you think when you think about it like when you hear a native speaker and you're trying to converse with them talking away with them but i'd still be a little bit self-conscious myself because i'd know I, I don't have that level and you can just all you can do then is just learn from them so i get a real buzz of con- having a, a chat with some of the people in work learning a few phrases from them and then being able to use those phrases again so it's it's literally it's just a learning curve like which i get the buzz from but, but it's also it's great like when you're walking around the place chatting away and like with a few of the lads or with your friends and uh yeah no it's a good buzz because you feel like you're you're doing your part a bit like is that you know yeah uh, there's some great characters as well sean bond bratnock he's some bio isn't he you like boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his son his son his son is the manager of our hurling team as well like and he's some boy as well oh, but uh, yeah right. yeah Carhoch. but uh i know they're a great family like and in terms of irish just unbelievable level of irish as well like and uh yeah lots we learned but yeah sean bond's a good man yeah yeah, I admire how, you know, you started off, as you said, with Belfield FM, but you also did like the odd show with uh, Radio Nalifa. And, you know, you were in college, you were always focusing on the Irish and, and bringing it with you rather than just uh, let, being led along by the classes. You were paving the way and then bang, you're a weatherman. Um, like it, it, there's that to be said for continually uh, improving it and, uh, you know, giving up your time for and seeing where it can take you. I think so. Yeah, I think with Irish... You can you can go very far, but it, it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot to go far if you just you, you kind of embrace every opportunity. Like you can't go in, you can't have kind of a kind of closed mind approach of I want to be, you know, uh you know, I want to present the, I want to read the news on TG Car. Like if you start off like that, I don't think you're gonna get anywhere. You have to do so many others that you have to just literally try anything you'd like Belfield FM or Radio and Lift is great because it's voluntary as well. So you, you like you go in and you can just basically talk about whatever you want um, in Irish and little bits like that. You just have to keep doing, trying little bits, trying your hand at different things. And then eventually you kind of, you know, you're given, once you get seen, I suppose you're given a little bit more and then you kind of get more experience and then you can try your hand at different things. So I think it's all about just being open-minded um, because of the fact that you're never going to walk into a career or walk into a set, uh, a set thing like, but yeah. I yeah. <laughs> Uh, I see behind you there is a map of uh, South America. Do you want to bring the Irish language to, to Brazil? <laughs> uh, that, that's the goal. Like, no, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. <laughs> um, ah, no, I mean, we must be big into travel. Like. 
Yeah, we would. Like, I remember, when, like, after my year finished in America, um, we went down to South America for a while. That's where I got the map, yeah. But uh, yeah. did a bit of traveling around there. And, um, yeah, I went to Bolivia, went to Peru for a couple of weeks, then came home. So I was after the kind of the full, the full year in America. Um, but, yeah, like, it's funny. And, again, with Irish, I remember we were down in, we were down in Bolivia, like, doing a tour through the desert. And you just, you just kind of, you hear, it's as if you can hear an Irish speaker you know, coming from, I don't know how, you just hear the language instantly, it stands out, and you just come across people, like, completely out of the blue who have Irish, um, just Irish people travelling all around the place, like, and um, it's strange, I suppose the whole thing is when you're abroad, you know, you come across people kind of, when they go abroad, they realise, like, when, when I suppose it's more when you kind of get assumed that you're English, you know, if you go to France or Spain or somewhere, and they kind of, they say, oh, you're, where are you from, England, and you're then everyone's like, oh, fuck it, like, but then you realise, actually, you like we actually do have our own language, we have our own identity, and it's great. Just and that's when people actually realise we actually have something special. We better start speaking our own language because you know we're different. We don't want to be seen like you know people from England or people from America or whatever. Like so, um, I think that's when people realise the the kind of the pride comes into it. Like some people, yeah, but it's great. Like yeah. you can kind of you hear it and you're instantly got something to talk about. So. Um, that reminds me of in the video you had the Irish for yank and I thought it was a brilliant word can you give it to us yeah punkanach <laughs> no, no one ever wants to be a punkanach no, no. <laughs> it was funny that time because he had a couple of Americans kind of share in the video and saying things like you know oh I, I guess I'm a punkanach you know like, <laughs> <laughs> you've learned a new word haven't you like <laughs> But uh, you've you've commented a lot on how you know um, you just remain open minded and you get noticed. Well, you got noticed recently with your big gong. Uh, do you have it there with you? Your um, your Raptus Award. I have it up there, right? Yeah, yeah. I look. Yeah, right. Can you get it down, no. Mark? You have to look at this. It's better than the Golden Cleric Award. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to flame? Yeah, ah, beautiful. Isn't it, Joseph? Very small. You're really? drinking much out of that now. If you, you had <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Again, it wasn't wasn't expecting that one at all. Uh, it was just the other night. Um, but uh, but that was right in the Olga. Um, yeah, got the award. What what was that for? It was kind of for it was the category was was Real to Og Nablina. So I suppose it's, you have to be it was the the kind of young broadcaster of the year i suppose <laughs> but it was wow. done by it was done by popular vote and i had a very very effective wow. campaign team working in the farm of my mother <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my friends and yeah so um yeah. i don't want to be a special achievement though donica to have made I, your mark and yeah it's great to get director i mean it was just delighted to be to be nominated in the first place i mean i knew the other people who were nominated as well and they're all just you know do everyone's kind of unique in their own way like but uh, ah, Jesus, yeah, it wasn't it? Was great. To, it was great to win yeah. again. But um, yeah, I'd say it was everyone was being like I say, the votes were were being dragged out of people. If I shook hands with them maybe five years ago, they were contacted yeah. and told to vote. Like so, uh, <laughs> it was uh, yeah, no, it was brilliant to get to, see, to win it. Brilliant. How have you found relocating from Dublin to? Um, are you living in Galway City or whereabouts? I'm in the city. Yeah, I'm in just in Knocknacarra, which is Knocknacarra, just west of the city. So on your way out to to Connemara, but still Galway's it's very small. Like you know, it, it's you'd be 15 minutes and you'd be in middle of town. Like, um, but I ah, know it's brilliant. Like I, I I don't know if you spend much time over in Galway, like, but it's it's great. It's great city. Like great crack. Like, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's a different pace of life as well. Like just when you're used to Dublin. 
and then you move over to Galway, like everything's a lot more laid back, like especially during the summer. And like, it's just very, it's very easy going, the whole city, the people are lovely. And you're very near the countryside as well, which I, I love as well, like, because I always miss being kind of near the countryside um, yeah. in Dublin. But you no, seem to be a right man. Oh, sorry, you seem to be a right man for traveling. You you like getting to um, hidden places in the wilds of nature. Um, that's that, right. according to your Instagram title. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would that be fair to say? I know. I think it would. Like, it's a lot easier living over here as well because you're never too far away from you know a hike or you know something out, yeah. out in Connemara. But um, yeah, no, great. Like especially over lockdown when you could kind of get out. That was a big thing over lockdown when you're over in. When I you when I was in Dublin, it was a lot harder than when I was over in Galway because two kilometers in Dublin you probably would you barely get to the end of you know to the 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 start or whatever the gates of the housing estate kind of around. Whereas in Galway you have the fields and you have like just a lot more. You have the sea as well, really nearby, which is, just gives you a lot more freedom. So I definitely spent a good bit of time over here now in in um, in Lacta. Yeah, and have you brought your hurling with you? Have you moved clubs? I moved clubs. Yeah, hurling with um, Michal Branagh out in Indravon. So they're out about maybe 20 minutes west out towards um, out towards TG Car. So out of Kulamara. But yeah, I say we've got Sean Bond's son, Cork, managing us this year. Yeah, we actually have county final now on Sunday. <laughs> it is. All right. Uh, yeah, so you know that. But yeah, I know it's great. Like it's great to get like it's a great way to get to know a new group of people as well. You know, it's like if you if you hurled abroad or if you played anything abroad or get, get involved with the team, you're instantly kind of feel part of the area or wherever you're kind of over in America or wherever you are, like um great way to get to get kind of to get to know friends to get to know people, new friends and stuff. But no. Yeah. What have your biggest learning experience been over the last few years, would you say, Donica? Um over the last few I'd say I I think probably when I was in college and the whole thing of not expecting to walk straight into the career you want or in, into some into the job you like was a big thing for me because when you when you were with maybe a lot of my friends in college would have been doing law or would have been doing different courses and they'd have their they'd very much have goals set ahead of them for ten year plans maybe five year plans going to London to have achieving this achieving that and a lot of them would have achieved them by now already and they'd be doing they'd be doing brilliantly they're all doing brilliantly but I think for it was just always going to be a bit different for me with Irish working in the kind of um, doing what I like to do in Irish in that. You're never going to have a set career for a while. You it takes a while to kind of settle down. So I think the best thing is just you have to learn to just kind of trust the process a bit and like kind of try your hand at different things, get as much experience as you can. And then the opportunity will come when you get to apply for something you actually like and you get to do something you like. Um, I mean, even at the minute, the weather is it's a panel job. It's not a full time job. So like it's it wouldn't be enough to just do the, the weather. So I have to do different things. So it's still it's still not a, a set career at all. So I'm still learning, it, but I think I'm actually comfortable with that now that it's not, you know, a set career, that I'm not going to be, you know, full-time weatherman or something like that. You know, it's kind of doing different bits, kind of you're happy doing different bits and taking your time with things. Um, so I think that's something you don't always realise when you're coming out of college. You know, if you finish final year, there's kind of a bit of a panic that you have to, you know, find something quickly, but you really don't. I think the best thing is just to take a step back and take your time and do things you enjoy. And um yeah, I suppose that's pretty my biggest learning curve anyway. Do you recognise that, Mark? It's, it's a good one, yeah, because as he was saying, like, not that it's a negative thing, but say someone goes and finishes a law degree and then they're stuck in a law 
job they don't like they'll get two years into it and say oh fuck I don't like this mm. yeah, yeah that's your degree like you know you're stuck with it so it, it is good in that regard to be kind of open and not be tied down to one particular field yeah and, yeah, you know, yeah but I think even, oh sorry Michael go on no you go ahead <laughs> all I was just saying it, like it even takes a bit of bravery to say if, if you have done a law degree and you find out look I really don't like like law to be able to say look I'm just gonna I'm not gonna go I bother continuing with the law degree I'm gonna go back do something else or like and um, sometimes you might have to do that, but it does it does take bravery. But obviously, it's harder to do when you've kind of when you've done that. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of Carl Jung has a quote: um, "If the path ahead of you is clear, then it's someone else's." So you know, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. if it's going to be personal, it's not going to be clear uh, all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were done a random question that uh, we've recently uh, brought to paper two, is if you um, you've been charged as now TG Carr's weatherman, you've been given the power <laughs> to uh, create the a new clip for the Angelus, and they're going with a sixty second TikTok <laughs> style. So instead, uh, we'll, we'll leave the dancing f- routine till later. But what what content are you putting in this TikTok? She's, I don't know. <laughs> I was racking my brains and I think something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I so the sixty second clip for the Angelus is it just to throw? Yeah, in? yeah. Uh, so we've had baking bread, but we need to move it on. We need to bring it up into the twenty first century. We have had pausing and looking and pondering. <laughs> is there an action packed Dunica Morocco uh, about to leap onto the screen or what? What do we think? <laughs> I don't like. It was. I was first. First, I was thinking. Joe, you know, like the Angelus is a nice time to kind of you know, take a minute and rest and maybe listen to some music or something. But then, I don't know, sometimes you'd feel at that time of day, you kind of, you know, one of those really threatening, one of the really, like, forceful, like, TikToks say, right, you know, put down your screen, get up and move and play some something really inspirational, you know? I don't know. Yeah. That's probably what I'd go for. Just some, sometimes you need a bit of a kick, like, move now. Yeah. You know, get outside, go for a run, go for a walk. <laughs> move yourself. Step up, put down the screen. Something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'd be the one to deliver it now. Like, yeah, it's a, it's kind of like what you know those car ads. It's almost six o'clock. It's time you got a car, or whatever. Well, instead of you know, it's no, that, no. It's, yeah, kind of like instead of selling a car, you're you're selling dreams and ambitions. I like it, Donica. <laughs> <laughs> um, what should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask, Donica? Oh, this is another one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just don't know what else to ask. Jeez, I don't, I don't know, Michael. To be honest, oh, fair, enough. Um, fair enough. I think I talked about. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if you left anything out, Michael. Like either of you, like oh. I think it was great. Right, right. Is there anything else you'd like yeah. to know? <laughs> well, I'll, uh, what is one of the most un- underappreciated things that you think deserves more credit? If, uh, um, yeah. Uh, I was kind of thinking, yeah, I, yeah, this was kind of similar because I was also thinking like a, a trait that's kind of, it's, it seems like a real basic one, but you know, just the whole process, just kind of being, being very kind of laid, laid back, I suppose, talking back about the, the court or the, what we talked a minute ago about, about trusting the process and that kind of thing. I think that's a good trait. Someone who's able to, um, to kind of, settle everything down and if someone's just settle everything down and say look everything's fine kind of that kind of a a kind of a reassuring kind of a trait I think is always good something that I like I would have needed sometimes as well you know when you're maybe when you're younger when you're studying when you're stressed about something it's always valued you know someone who can say look take a step back and point out the positive things and 
it's not all doom and gloom and look at this, this and this. You've done this, you've done that. Just keep going, work in that direction and something will come. So someone, I suppose, uh, who can be just instantly reassuring, calm everything down and um, and kind of let you see the positive things and move on, I suppose, in my opinion. Anyway. That's a beautiful answer, John. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, I like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Um, brilliant. <laughs> uh, we have this thing called uh, Flash Flood. Donica. And um, yes, let me just find this now. One moment. Oh, yes. Donica wouldn't have been uh, part of James. Oh, Crow, actually, James Flood. Did you ever come across him in your up in UCD? I, I think, I think I did. I, I think I did. There's a lot of there's a lot of Wexford around when I was in yeah. was in first year. Yeah, I think I might have. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, I think I might have at some stage. Trying to remember. Yeah. Let's see if you remember his voice and his dulcet <laughs> tones. One moment. I said I was going to do something on cancel culture. I changed my mind. I'm shaking it up. We're not doing cancel culture. I'm going to say my piece about the Gorad going up and down the street in Bori there. There was a young lad got, uh, got a bit of a trimming um, a few weeks ago outside the Bank of Ireland or the Ulster Bank of Ireland. <laughs> And nothing done about it. And where's the guards? Why is there guards going up and down the street the whole time? <laughs> Not enough money is one of them, but my question is, are the guards too scared? <laughs> the station eating chips. Guards need to be getting out there on the on the beat and sorting out. Bring back the days when the local sergeant would give you a toe in the hole and you'd be tipped on your way. And that'd be it. You can't do that anymore. That poor guy in the Ashdown, I don't know what ever happened to him that time he got his head stick out <laughs> and hit him on a few taps. But we need more of that. We need to be able to hit these lads a few taps and quieten them down and send them on the <laughs> Professional nuisances. <laughs> That's on them lads are, them junkies. Oh, Professional shit. fucking nuisances. Give them a good fucking beating and they won't be as long about going away and getting off the street and making them then. Holy shit! Wow, that's the best one ever. Oh, we have another one there. But let's let's look at halftime Sunday game. <laughs> Sit down now. Are the guards too scared, Donica? Are the guards too scared? Um, I don't. Geez, sorry. It's all right. Don't get yourself in trouble here. Oh yeah. Um, but have you ever wanted to give someone to tone the hole? <laughs> So many questions. Probably many times though, yeah. <laughs> many times. Um I can't blame them some sometimes though, do you know? Sometimes though, maybe you can't blame them. The guards are being scared. I'd say sometimes I'd be fairly scared now if I was a guard and some if I had if I had James Flood now coming after me like <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. And a few taps. Now we have a part two. Now this could go anywhere, but let's see what comes. Yanks had a great save on time. And it was a great approach to talk to the world of speaking softly and carrying a big stick. We need more big sticks and less cameras and just let the guards go and do their job. Let him do it. He won't be as fond of a fucking this anti-social belligerency. Let him at it, I say. Let him on. And we'll have a better a better a better Ireland. Less drugs and all that carry on if the guards read the go after them lads without fear of uh, of being put up on on Facebook and Twitter and God knows what else is out there now. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, never mind, or on drugs, just give the guards a big stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good few, would be a good, good few votes going from now around around Wexford now if he was to stand or... Uh, he knows his, he knew him all right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's blood that's so, blood Donica. he's ready to take over the country yeah <laughs> yeah he's bringing in big sticks and bringing back the few taps <laughs> well I tell you what that's it flash flood we love him yeah he's stole the show there that's a bit he of the did. best one in a while now. <laughs> yeah yeah fair play to him fair yeah. play to you um Oh, we've won an article. Actually, we have a Parish of the Week. That's what we do here. And uh, I have a great story for Parish of the Week. Mm-hmm. So do you remember Jackie Weaver, guys? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So Hanforth Parish Council, they've looked at Mark Zuckerberg there last week, and they've decided that they're going to change their name to move on from the viral <laughs> row that erupted from Jackie Weaver. So because of their toxic past, they've decided to uh, move on. And so there won't be any more mention of that. No authority here mentioned there back a few months ago. So the new name, um, we don't actually have the new name. Maybe there's a competition at the moment. uh, But no, uh, they've just decided they need a new name. Right. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, actually, Hanford Town Council instead of Hanford Parish Council. Well, that's oh, that, that change. covers it. That's no the name. Yeah, that's the new one. Problem solved. Problem solved. Yes. Well done. That's our parish of the week, and the new new parish they can accept that title anyway, so they'll get the title in the post. Uh, we do this thing also, Donica, where we uh, take a leaf out of Roy Keane's book and we uh, oh, have a look brilliant. at it. So, um, would you like I'll to read? Reach, yeah. Yes, uh, Donica, would you like to pick a page between one and uh, roughly 200? Mark's just landed on a pretty photo there. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> a lot of young lads running around in shorts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one in 200, is it? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, 165. 65, right. There was a lot of head shaking. How could this happen to us? Shit in the dressing room afterwards. The last thing footballers will do is look at themselves. Yet sometimes, no always, that's where the answer lies. If you're good enough, and here in terms of ability we were, defeat is usually down to yourself. Not the referee, or luck, or deflection. Comforting though all those excuses are. This is where the real pros, the likes of Brian Robson, Steve Bruce, or Dennis Irwin, are invaluable. They know where to look for answers. The gaffer knows as well. That's why he's accomplished what he has. It seems like every page we turn to, it's always... You know the answers are fucking clear and grow up and awesome. you know if you're if you're not good enough you've you you better get good enough and do you find that or yeah it definitely is it's all he's never happy that's why I say every time every time I read it's it such, it's such a great like attitude to to like to have though I think just like this is the way it is this is it like just speak so clear it's great to watch as well I think isn't anything yeah yeah he he does have that aura about him but um yeah he 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 lighten up Roy all the same I, I think uh, he'd be yeah, better. Yeah. <laughs> floods a nice little warm up into Roy Keane, yeah isn't he? From, yeah. we start off yeah, with ourselves yeah. going you should kind of relax and not be too hard on yourself <laughs> and then into flood and then into yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> disagree with everything I just said yeah <laughs> Jonica the very best of luck to ever in the future Mark any closing thoughts no thanks a million Donica for that that was great yeah. thanks lads no thanks a yeah. million for having me on yeah. Cheers, Donica. Cheers. Talk to you soon. Good luck.